0: Hello, I'm your host, uh, Holden Shivers, and this is Craig. Uh, these are my co-hosts. I'm Aiden.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: And I'm Jeffrey. Uh, so today we're going to be discussing the short story, Coming Home Again, written by, what's the author's name again? Sang Ray Lee. So, uh, Coming Home Again is a short story about a man who's coming home while his mother's on, the, uh, on her deathbed. And he's reflecting on all the important things that happened in his past, and like how the time he could have spent with her instead of going to boarding school, how she taught him to cook—all these important things. So we're gonna get right into that.
2: <laughs>
0: Just holding sure and so I am back with. Craig right now going to be discussing essential question number one for coming home again. Um, What was the significance at the end of the highway to Syracuse and the boarding school and how does it affect the book's title? So how do you
1: think this highway affects the book's title? Uh, Aiden, your opinions first. Um, So I think the significance of the highway and boarding school was that as soon as his parents went back to his boarding school, um, it didn't really seem like they had prepared in their minds that, um,
2: Their son might have
1: created a new life outside of his parents, and this connects to this title because he left his home for boarding school. Which, and since he left, it didn't really feel like home for his parents without him, but he had to make the school his home, so it felt like he was at home at the boarding school. I feel different about that. I
2: think the boarding school actually felt alien, and home was home because the entire idea of the title for me is uh, the idea of he's uh, goes to boarding school and into college, so he's coming home again after all of those past reflections of going to boarding going to the boarding school and then to university, and he's coming back home again to meet with his mother. So I think that the title is just an, is kind of a reference of all the times he's come home, and this is just another time he's coming home maybe for the last time with thing
0: as well. Uh, actually, I actually had a different perspective on the uh, the highway to Syracuse. I kind of thought of it as like a an intermediary between two worlds, you know, like between his world at home and his world at uh, school. And I also kind of thought of it as an intermediary between like uh, the living world and like the death, kind of like that. I'm not sure. I. I found so kind of like fully. a journey
2: across the river sticks?
0: Yeah, a little bit like that because on the way home, at the very end, it talks about how they pull over and the dad starts crying.
2: So yeah. I think
0: that's when they're told that the mother finally died. So well, I think no, they're, it's they're at tired. that intermediary
2: place so where the entire idea of you crying yourself. at the end. They just dropped the son off at boarding school, and they were coming back home, and they felt sad because they were kind of going to miss their son for a very long period of time.
1: Oh, yeah, that could have been it. Yeah. Also, going back to what Jeffrey said about how, like, his son was coming home back, like, after a while to see his mom. I kind of disagree with that because, like, now we're in – he never said that specifically in the story. So I think it was kind of up to interpretation whether or not that's what was happening or if it was just – like, him reflecting on his mom, because that's what it felt like to me. Like, his mom died, and he was just reflecting on all his, like, good times with her. But, like, home could be wherever, like, they were all together, in my opinion. All right. So, I think that's going to wrap up our time for Block 1. Stay with us for Block 2.
0: Holden Shivers back with Craig, and this is a uh, block two, and uh, we're gonna be discussing EQ number four. Do you think it was a good or bad decision for the mother to send the son to boarding school, and how did it affect their relationship? Uh, Aiden, can you start us off? This
1: one? Um, I don't think it was necessarily a good or bad decision to send Henry to boarding school because there are like tons of people that go to boarding school and tons that don't. So I don't, so I don't really think that like it's his mom's fault or anything like i don't think it affects the relationship i mean it kind of does but i think that it's just like whatever you know because like people go and people don't it's just like the parents decision whether or not he goes or not
2: i agree with your decision that it was a good it's in the boarding uh son boarding school because he ended up being pretty successful or hoped to become pretty successful in being a writer. but um i disagree with you i think actually did strain the relationship. But in actuality, I think it actually made it stronger because he was still able to succeed, and but he still loved his mother uh, despite their past conflicts as demonstrated uh, in the conflict between the mother and the son about the bank issue. Um, and But now, now that he's in the future, the bond between his mother and himself is stronger because all the bad memories seem way less important than the good memories cause he, uh, because of the strain between going to boarding school and going home. I okay, yeah
0: like I gotta disagree
2: a little bit. It's kinda
0: like hindsight is 2020, but um and I think it was a bad decision to send their son to boarding school just because I think it's a bad decision to send anyone's kid to boarding school. Like you only have so much time with your kid before they grow into an adult. And like I think that's like some of the most important times in your life if you're a parent, I don't understand why someone would want to like send their kid away for the majority not the majority of the childhood, but like a large portion of that. I like it's an important part of the person's life and you should be there to, like, help them get through it. I don't think it's the right decision just to send them away to some school and say, like, it's for your own good. Like, yeah, it teaches them independence, but, I mean, they're going to learn independence when they're, like, 18. You know, they don't need to learn it when they're 14. You know? Yeah. Like, you have no need for it then.
1: I think ultimately it comes down to, like, the parents' decision whether they want to do it. So I don't think it – like, I kind of don't think it – like, ended the relationship between the son and the mom, like Jeffrey was saying. Oh, definitely. It, I wasn't saying that ended. Well, I said I that I don't, think, I don't think it strained it that much because in the, in the story, uh, Chang Ray was saying that like as soon as his mom like came to visit him on like the parent weekend, like she already seemed like kind of distant. So, Man, I mean, I don't think, think that was like as soon it as he went, like the relationship was over. I think um, it helped just, the relationship a little bit because the mom was talking
0: about like well, I never sent you to boarding school; you wouldn't like me so much right now. Because after he was gone for so long, he came back to appreciate yeah, so his mom a little of, bit more.
1: It kind of benefited in a way.
0: So it's really just a trade-off of like what you'd like to have. It's really up to but the
1: parents in the end. Also, also like because afterwards, like when like they were together again, she kept asking him for approval, like whether she was a good parent or not. And I just think she should stop worrying about the past and just sort of move on and try to spend, like, her remaining time with her son and not try to debate whether she was a good parent for sending him to boarding school because ultimately, like, there's tons of parents that – there's, like, a bunch of parents that do and some parents that don't. So it's just, like, in the past, she should move on. Yeah, I think that's a good point to make. And
0: I think that uh, wraps up our time for Block 2. Stay with us for our final literary block, block three. Hey everybody, this is uh Mr. Monahan here, coming at you with another ad of my short businesses. This is uh Monahan's Crab Emporium. This is the first opening weekend for Monahan's Crab Emporium. Do not miss out. Come to Monahan's; you can get crabs anytime you want. All right, I tell you what, we even got the overnight deal package. If you stay overnight at Mr. Monahan's Crab Emporium, you can have a free crabs. I tell you what, you even touch Mr. Monahan, you get crabs. That's how much about crabs Mr. Monahan is. See, I'm about crabs all the way. I'm like crabs from day one. For age nine, I had crabs. I was playing with crabs since crabs were crabs. So, if you need crabs, come down here Mr. Monahan's Crab Emporium. We'll hook you up with the deal. Ah. All right, everybody. This is uh, Holden Shavers coming at you with Craig Block III, Final literary block. I know you guys are amped up. Tips and dips set up. You ready? Um. So here is EQ number five. What significance does food hold in this short story? Um, Aiden, what is your opinion
1: on this? Uh, well, the significance of food in his family is that it bonds his family. And, like, Korean food, it bonds their family. H- him and his mom's relationship sort of sparks from that connection. And um, I think it makes him feel closer to his mom and his mom feel closer to him. And I think it was the mom's way of coping with being in a new place when um, they moved to the United States. And yeah, that's my opinion. I gotta kind of um, I agree with your point that it
0: brings the family together, but I gotta disagree like the importance of it. I think the importance of it is that like the person who makes the food in the household is usually the heart of the family. You know, whether it be the dad or the mom, like they're usually. Yeah. They're the ones who's feeding everybody. They're the ones who's preparing the food. They're the ones who's taking the time out of their day to make sure everybody else doesn't go hungry. So I think that when the mom is making the food and she knew from like the start that like someone else is eventually going to have to carry on the torch. So she started like teaching her son to make food and eventually her son would grow on to be the person who takes care of the family by making the food for everybody.
2: I had to disagree with that. In the story, it's actually specifically stated that the mother does not teach the son, merely that the son kind of copies the techniques that he saw his mother use all the time when he was a child. And I actually think that the uh, cooking in this is pretty much almost equivalent to love. Because there's a reason why in the story, there's so many like long paragraph portions of just of just in detail descriptions of how this food is prepared. It's not because the, uh, the author's just hungry. Or likes food. It's because this food is delicately prepared and shows their love and affection for the family and other people. Yeah, yeah
0: I think that's a really good point to make. Um, yeah, and I think that's about wrapping up block three. I think that's all of our time is out. We're coming at you back again with our next block, conspiracy block. So uh, get ready for that. All right. This is your uh, host, Holden Shivers, coming at you with our final segment of Craig this week. Um, This segment is all about our conspiracy theories and uh, how we think that the author may be diluting the story with her literary devices.
2: Well, this week's conspiracy theory is kind of obvious and kind of bland, but it's it's very true to the story. The mother's already dead. And throughout the story, because she doesn't eat anything, that could be interpreted as just her stomach cancer acting up. It could also be interpreted as the mother just isn't there. The son might just be very much be hallucinating about the mother being there because the mother never touches the food. The mother never eats the food. And the mother doesn't seem to do much around the house other than kind of stand around. So it could be that he's just imagining his mother because the grief is so overwhelming about his mother's death.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point because the mother never actually interacts with anything in the story. All she does is just wheel around the little cart with all of her, uh, her plasma and everything else that she has. She never actually interacts with anyone else. She never reaches out and hugs her son. She never like kisses him or anything like that. She's just kind of there hovering like a ghost. So yeah. I think the point yeah. that she's already passed away and the son's just coping with her death by imagining that she's there, I think that's a very valid point. I think that
1: makes a lot of sense. I agree because... It sort of seems like he's just trying to bring back memories with his mom throughout the story. So her not being there actually ties in really well, because it shows that he's just in a state of grief where he's trying to remember the mom, and just trying to live the way that she used to live with cooking the food and trying to, uh, just trying to sort of live her life kind of. Just yeah. The in mere thought that she isn't there anymore is just
0: too much for him to handle.
2: Yeah. In addition, throughout the conversations in the book, the mother seems to talk about things the son really wants to talk about. He probably has a lot of leftover him from boarding school, so the multiple times where the mother apologizes for sending him to boarding school, that might just be his mind coping and trying to have the best image of the mother uh, towards the end of her life, and where she's already dead.
0: That's yeah. a really good point. I think that yeah. wraps up our uh, conspiracy block. Uh, All right, everybody, this is the end of Craig Episode 2. We discussed um, the short story coming home again. We discussed uh, the conspiracies in that block, and we had a we had a great ad from one of our top sponsors. Um, I think this was a solid episode, and we'll see you again next
1: week. Great conversation.
0: All right, we're signing off. This was Holden Shivers.
1: In loose.